The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. Once upon a time, Mrs. McGillicuddy is preparing lunch. All of a sudden, she hears a knock at the door. She ignores the intrusion. A second knock ensues. And she gets frustrated. Answering the door, she sees a young salesman. He's there to sell vacuum cleaners. Good morning, ma'am. Do you need a new vacuum cleaner? No, I do not need a new vacuum cleaner. And as she goes to slam the door, he puts his foot out and stops the door from closing. And he whips out a bag of cow manure and proceeds to dump it on the front the front hall rug. Sorry about that, but I just want to show you how good this vacuum cleaner works. You know, if it doesn't pick up everything on the rug, I'll get down on my hands and knees and clean it up myself. Mrs. McGilligutty says, good, start doing it because the electricity is out. In the words of Benedictine sister Verna Holyhead, if God is not in the interruptions, then where is God? If we are unable to allow God to interrupt us, then where is God? Jesus, the shepherd, sends out the twelve on a mission. He commissions them to do the same ministry. Preach and teach. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Get rid of evil. In fact, cast it out. He inspires them to join him in the inauguration of the kingdom. And when they return... They are ecstatic. It works. People listen. 
People were healed. Demons fled. But in the middle of their reporting, as they meet together as disciples and master, there's a lot of intrusions and interruptions. Sometimes they can't even eat. But if God cannot be found in those interruptions, where do we find God? A good leader, no, a good Christian, my brothers and sisters, allows interruptions because somewhere, someone is in need of mercy. Mercy, that gut-wrenching womb love, Sister Verna says. And we know when someone needs mercy or our help because we can feel it in here. And that's what the word compassion means, to feel deeply that someone needs us. To illustrate, after St. Damien of Molokai contracted leprosy, he asked Franciscan mother Marianne Cope to take over his ministry in Hawaii. Now, we would think that working with any deadly, contagious disease would make us think twice about the ministry of compassion. Instead, when the Franciscan sisters arrive, they say, how much good there is to do here. And they thanked Father St. Damien for inviting them. Here's another illustration. The Franciscan friar and scholarly theologian St. Bonaventure, whose feast day we celebrated a few days ago, was the major superior of the order Friars Minor. And one day he visits a monastery and a friar is just waiting to talk to him. But he's very shy. And so he misses his chance to speak privately with this great theologian soon to be Cardinal Bishop. Finally, as Bonaventure makes his way down the road, the friar goes running after him, interrupting his travel, and he asks for an audience with the superior. Bonaventure drops everything and stops and spends a great deal of time listening and responding to his fellow friar, much to the chagrin of his traveling companions. What is the sign of a good shepherd? What is the sign of a faithful Christian? Is being aware of the balance between finding God in the interruptions of life and finding God in the quiet. And every day, it can be a balancing act. But that is the Christian life. One moment allowing God to interrupt us through another human being. And another moment finding a quiet place to collect our thoughts and our prayers. Every day we come to this out-of-the-way place, this chapel, 
where Christ interrupts our schedule. In the words of Walt Whitman, happiness is not in another place. Happiness is but this place. It is not for another hour. It is for this hour. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do, that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord. In the words of Pope Emeritus, Pope Benedict, If we do not think about eternal life, human progress in this world is denied breathing space. Miracles, wonders, signs from God, divine happenings are never ends until themselves. When God works miracles, If we ever experience a miracle in our lives, God wants us to uncover the meaning behind them. A long time ago, God saves the Israelites from slavery. And as they wander in the desert, they get lost. They get lost on the way to the promised land. And when they finally get food, all they can say to God is, what is this? And it's called manna. That's what the word means. Manna means, what is this? 
God, is this all you got? We are your people here, and all you can give us is this wretched food. That's what they call it, that wretched food. That sticky stuff we have to pick off the bush. What is this? And all they do is grumble. It's the word in Exodus, grumble, mumble, complain with narrow thinking and irrational actions. Last Sunday, Jesus feeds the 5,000. He multiplies the loaves and the fish, and they're still hungry. Not just for bread, but for more miracles. Today, they said, give us a sign today, he said to Jesus. What sign can you give? How about more wonders? And St. John suggests they're looking for the wrong thing. So Jesus, probably in his exasperation, thinking this is going to be hopeless, says, stop working for food that perishes. Work for something meaningful, he says. But how do we work for something meaningful when often our attitudes can render the Christian life meaningless to illustrate? A few days ago, Abbot Hugh and I discussed the scriptures for today. And he said, what's the gospel? And I said, it's the explanation of the feeding of the 5,000, and the people want more. He goes, well, what's your favorite scripture for Sunday? And I said, the first reading. Because the people grumble and murmur a lot. In the last 10,000 years... Things haven't changed. And in the middle of that discussion, Abbot Hugh blurts out, monks complain a lot too, especially about food. And the Exodus writer hits the bullseye. Manna, what is this? It isn't just the food we complain about. We murmur about everything and everyone. And as I write this homily, it hit me. I do that a lot. I do. Do you? Is there a lot of complaining at the villa? Do sisters complain a lot? The monks do. Well, it keeps us from building the kingdom. St. Paul tells us this is not how we learned Christ. St. Benedict says murmuring is an evil in the community which has to be plucked out by the roots. The philosopher Andrew Taggart says that lots of murmuring is a clue that there's a problem with authority. And finally, the Benedictine monk and scholar, Father Patrick Berry, says that murmuring is part of the underside of the community that begins to eat away at it and tears it down. It destroys confidence. So food perishes, things perish, material objects all perish. And when we need them and do not get them, 
there are legitimate complaints, but they do not constitute the core of our faith. So as we come forward for Holy Communion, my brothers and sisters, we reflect on Jesus, who instructs us to work for meaningful things like deeper prayer, the importance of silence to find God, the Eucharist, where we are gathered today, a relationship with God and one another, deeds of justice, and works of charity. If we do not think about these things, eternal life, human progress in this world, is denied breathing space. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, what can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord. In the words of Pope Emeritus, Pope Benedict, if we do not think about eternal life, human progress in this world is denied breathing space. Miracles, wonders, signs from God, divine happenings are never ends until themselves. 
When God works miracles, if we ever experience a miracle in our lives, God wants us to uncover the meaning behind them. A long time ago, God saves the Israelites from slavery. And as they wander in the desert, they get lost. They get lost on the way to the promised land. And when they finally get food, all they can say to God is, what is this? And it's called manna. That's what the word means. Manna means, what is this? God, is this all you got? We are your people here, and all you can give us is this wretched food. That's what they call it, that wretched food. That sticky stuff we have to pick off the bush. What is this? And all they do is grumble. It's the word in Exodus, grumble, mumble, complain with narrow thinking and irrational actions. Last Sunday, Jesus feeds the 5,000. He multiplies the loaves and the fish, and they're still hungry. Not just for bread, but for more miracles. Today, they said, give us a sign today, said to Jesus. What sign can you give? How about more wonders? And St. John suggests they're looking for the wrong thing. So Jesus, probably in his exasperation, thinking this is going to be hopeless, says, stop working for food that perishes. Work for something meaningful, he says. But how do we work for something meaningful when often our attitudes can render the Christian life meaningless to illustrate? A few days ago, Abbot Hugh and I discussed the scriptures for today. And he said, what's the gospel? And I said, it's the explanation of the feeding of the 5,000 and the people want more. He goes, well, what's your favorite scripture for Sunday? And I said, the first reading. Because the people grumble and murmur a lot. In the last 10,000 years, Things haven't changed. And in the middle of that discussion, Abbot Hugh blurts out, monks complain a lot too, especially about food. And the Exodus writer hits the bullseye. Manna, what is this? It isn't just the food we complain about. We murmur about everything and everyone. And as I write this homily, it hit me. I do that a lot. I do. Do you? Is there a lot of complaining at the villa? Do sisters complain a lot? The monks do. Well, it keeps us from building the kingdom. St. Paul tells us this is not how we learned Christ. St. Benedict says murmuring is an evil in the community which has to be plucked out by the roots. 
The philosopher Andrew Taggart says that lots of murmuring is a clue that there's a problem with authority. And finally, the Benedictine monk and scholar, Father Patrick Berry, says that murmuring is part of the underside of the community that begins to eat away at it and tears it down. It destroys confidence. So food perishes, things perish, material objects all perish. And when we need them and do not get them, there are legitimate complaints. But they do not constitute the core of our faith. So as we come forward for Holy Communion, my brothers and sisters, we reflect on Jesus, who instructs us to work for meaningful things like deeper prayer, the importance of silence to find God, the Eucharist, where we are gathered today, a relationship with God and one another, deeds of justice, and works of charity. If we do not think about these things, eternal life, human progress in this world, is denied breathing space.